la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Back to Action Action on the BFOP Network. My name is John, and this is the podcast that watches all the action movies and puts them on our list of the greatest action movies of all time. This week on the podcast, we watch the 2020 movie Deliver Us from Evil. But before we get into that, I want to introduce my co-host for this episode. It is, as always, James. I'm back. The the house cat. The house cat. He's back. The cat's back. Uh. The very next day. Yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't stay away. Oh, boy. I miss Canadian. That's a deep... <laughs> comedy can- comedy goldmine happening here. That's a deep Canadian here. reference, I think. If that's you know what that is... awkward. Uh, email Dustin at Dustin <laughs> at uh, Yahoo.com. Excite. Excite. My other co-host is Dustin. Hello, <laughs> Dustin. Hey. You're not the house cat. I am not the house cat. He's the possum! He's the possum. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This guy eats so many so much garbage. Look up, ticks, look it up. Garbage. Dustin is single-handedly keeping uh, uh, ticks away from all of us. I always see his family members dead on the road too, though. <laughs> I yeah, seen but it. you know they always have a smile on their face because so, <laughs> they just got fucked. <laughs> no, because they're possums. They have a fucking death grin. Death grin. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you don't know this? No, I I like possums. I think I'm in the rare group of people who actually is like, no, possums are dope. They're 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 kind of cool. You ever been attacked by one? <laughs> no, have you? <laughs> no. Yeah, I had to fight one. No, I don't time. want to be. I've never met a person who's been attacked by a possum. They look like they could fuck you up. They would they, fuck you up. But they don't. They're like actually like a badger or a no, fucking raccoon. No, okay. There's just I don't want. I don't want to get. Into Why does it got those teeth? I don't want to get into this. Possums are great. They're great animals. They're a little ugly. Ooh. Now a rat, on the other hand, <clears throat> I will. Ugh. Yeah, you don't care for a rat. Oh, I will jump on a countertop. Oh, I should have told you about the. We were cleaning up the last day to leave the the cabins we were at last weekend. Me and my wife, and uh, I, I go over to grab the some of our stuff, and right on the mantle is a mouse trap, and hanging by his neck off of the mouse trap, big old mouse there. And I was first, just for a second, I was like, is that a joke? Like, did someone put a fake <laughs> fucking mouse? I was like, no, no, that's real. And then, so I was like, oh, Jean, check out this mouse. And she's just like, no, I see a mouse. Oh, that's... I'm, uh, I can, I have a four foot vertical. No joke. <laughs> I can jump on top of a counter if I see a mouse. Yeah, it was, uh, it was it's disgusting. like the one thing that just like freaks me out, man. Like, I just can't handle it. Well, little bastard shouldn't have tried to eat our Doritos. <laughs> Oh, I, got, I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, moving fun, on. You're a fun guy, Dustin. I know. We have fun, don't we? We do. We have a we have a great time. All right. Before we get into uh, 
this week's movie. Mm-hmm. It's a little. It's a time for we need. A, we need a drop for this. We do. We have a drop. It's seek and destroy. Yeah. We need an actual. Seek and destroy. He has one that he puts in there. I don't listen to the podcast. I know you don't. <laughs> I occasionally put it in. Yeah. It's not an every timer. All right. Uh, drop. Ma- drop it. Justin, let's go. Let's go first with you, Dustin. Let's. Uh, what do you want to? What do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, for Seek, I will say check out that fucking Black Widow. I mean, everyone's gonna watch that anyway, right? Why? It's a fun movie. Is Did it? you watch it? Yeah, I no. had a good, I had a good time no. with it. You know uh, what? I saw that they were making one. I'm like, okay, you know, that's nice that they're making one. Do I <laughs> that's wanna, nice. Do I want to watch it? I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I could. I could understand if you're burned out on all things Marvel or comic booky movies and stuff like that. Uh, I thought it was fun. It's not one of the best Marvel movies. Uh, there is some really good stuff in it. I think David Harbour and Rachel Weiss are really awesome in it. And Florence Pugh is absolutely steals the, the movie um, from Midsummer. That girl. Uh, she's great in it. Have um, you seen Midsummer, James? No. No, you should. <sighs> anyway. You, you would like Midsummer. Uh, I don't Gore whore. I don't have time for that. Uh, yeah, so anyway, it's good. There's some MacGuffin shit that's lame that happens, but I feel like that happens in every Marvel movie, so I just kind of go in expecting that. But overall, pretty fun. Some really fun action stuff in it, so I'd say, yeah, check it out. Uh, Miss, I watched Jonathan Demme's Married to the Mob from 1988. Oh, wow, I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, I saw it in the theater was the last time I saw it. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Dean Stockwell... Uh, Mercedes Rule, who we just talked about in Last Action Hero, she's in it as well. Um, Matthew Modine as a weird FBI agent. There's, you know, how we've talked about in '80s movies how there's like always like a Rue Goldberg type thing in somebody's house for like yeah. making their breakfast or whatever. He has one. He's an FBI agent. He gets a phone call in his bed. His bed is like a bunk bed. He gets up. He puts his shirt on that's hanging from some hooks above him, and then. He slides his feet through these two holes that have the socks in them, and then he jumps down off the bed. He holds onto a bar and then drops into his pants, which are hanging there. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, then there's nothing like that in the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, so this isn't like a comedy? It, it is, is a comedy, comedy, but it's like a, it's kind of weird. It's like, it's not a very funny comedy, which is why I'm saying put none, put none on my destroy list here. But oh. it's, it's. But that's just so, so very typical of the 80s yeah. where it has to have this convoluted like, oh, we're doing this quirky thing because of cocaine. He hits a button and like oh. three different cat bowls get filled with food at the same time. Right. Uh, but anyway, it, that stuff doesn't really feel like the comedy of the rest of the movie. It's re- a strange movie, but uh, it just felt like it should have been way more fun. Uh, the setup for it all it seems like it should be more fun but then just like kind of nothing much happens in it so mm. I'd say skip but man what a weird directing career Jonathan Demme had because I think his next movie after this was Silence of the Lambs yeah Oscar winning Silence of the Lambs so why were they were like oh yeah Married to the Mob okay yeah well, you should do uh, you should direct our Silence of the Lambs movie did you listen to the Jonathan Demme uh, blank check I did listen to the Silence of the Lambs one I didn't so, listen to the Married to the there's Mob there's some really great episodes in there yeah i okay. mean that podcast rules it's they, great they they kill it um 
<laughs> in a way that we will never. <laughs> they just have such a deep knowledge base and are better. <laughs> and everything. are better. Well, they're, you know, way more dorky, but at the same time, way more cool somehow. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I own a house. <laughs> okay. You heard it here first. John owns a John house. John owns a house. That's, he that, is a property owner. Something. And you know how much, as a socialist, I care about owning property. It sounds like it. <laughs> I also own a lawnmower. He cares a lot about his lawn, which is... <laughs> oh, man, my lawn looks like shit. I refuse to mow it. <laughs> my lawn... Every, have you seen the lawn? You're in the popular in the neighborhood, I'm I sure. Get, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> James, what do you got? Well... You guys will be extremely proud of me. I have watched, in the span of two weeks, I've watched five seasons of Bosch. Wow. Yeah. I've been like day and night. <laughs> Just Bosch. hammering it, fucking Bosch. So that's your seek. That is it. That that that's is it. everything. That's all of it. That like there is no destroy here. <laughs> so wait, is there five or six seasons? There's seven. Seven. There's seven. Oh, okay. So he's so almost you're, there. You're working so, your way there. So I'm like two episodes into the sixth season. So how's that dad TV treating you? The best thing about like Prime is it just. It gives you like three seconds. <laughs> it just starts. It's not like Netflix where it's like 10 like, seconds. Are you sure you want to keep watching this? It's like the- before I could find the remote, it's starting. It's like, fuck, let's Prime's go. Like, yeah. you're, you're going, you're, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Prime is like like definitely like, like a heroin dealer. Yeah. Where they're just like shoving it in your face. I mean. Like, like Netflix is like smoking a joint with you and being like, oh, all right, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, let's like let's like get into let's this. reevaluate after this let's episode. Like, Should we continue? Yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk about this. And it's like an hour and a half later, you can escape from their house, and Prime is just like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. WMD, WMD. Let's <laughs> get that in your arm. There's also not a like, are you still watching? Thing that pops up. Yeah, it's with, just like next episode is yeah, coming. Yeah, I think Netflix got that has pandemic like, has like a. <laughs> are you still watching? Do you still want to watch? But after a while. But anyways, uh, Bosch, yeah, uh, can't recommend it enough. Um, so good, so good, like so good, and uh, yeah, I I do get the wire feel oh, for from sure. it for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not putting it on that level, no, but no, there's, I'm, not, I'm I, not putting it on that level. But there's definitely some similarities in terms but, of how it approaches like yeah. the police work aspect of yeah. things. Oh, stuff. for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the last season because I really want to talk about the last season. Oh, okay. More than anything else because I feel like the last season takes a very drastic turn. Oh. In some ways. Well, just call me tomorrow. <laughs> You'll be caught up. Next by episode, then. let's just. Uh, let's uh, finish our. Let's come back to our Bosch yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. So. We're going to take a note. Bring it. Okay. Bring. Uh, hold on. Uh, Bosch. Bosch talk. talk. Bosch talk. Uh, next week. There you go. Awesome. All right. I'll put an exclamation point after that. That means we have to do it. We'll have to do a whole episode on Bosch. That's fine with me. I'll rewatch the entire series. Well, you better get started. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have some, some work to do. We should just have a Bosch cast. That's fine. I'll do that. Patreon only. I'll start. I'll do a Bosch cast. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, we should have started, so then every I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure our patrons are interested in that or not, but we're no, just going to do them. it. We don't care. <laughs> we can start a new <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it? That's all you want to talk about? That's all I want to talk about. Well, I will say that um, I love Bosch. It's uh, I think it's the ultimate, uh, for me, dad TV. Mm-hmm. It's like just like this dude... He kind of sucks, but he's kind of badass. Uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to describe dad TV. Like there's, there's gotta be a definition. Um, it's our generation's like world war two documentary stuff. Watching it like so quickly, like each season. Yeah. Right after one another. Um, you definitely get, it's like Bosch. Really? Like, what the fuck, man? Well, like, that's the same with McNulty, though. Yeah, I know. But it's like, so you watch it and it's just like, you know, when you get to the third season, you're like, okay, just wait. Like, it, it'll all come around. <laughs> but it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, Bosch isn't necessarily the best at his job. And also, Chief is no, just... No, he is the best at his job, but it's because he's not... He doesn't. It's because he's old school, thing. John. Yeah. He's fucking old school. That's he doesn't what, do it by that's the what book. Makes it a dad he doesn't show. do it by the book. <laughs> he gets it done. Yeah. Well, f- uh, follow us Special for Special Forces. Uh, follow us for Boshcast <laughs> launching in 2022, January. Uh, okay. What do you got, John? Uh, I have watched uh, one show I can think of um, Big Little Lies. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, Diana and I were, were well, I, I should say, we were watching Barry. Yeah. So we, we, we watched Barry again. Uh, we have both watched, all three of us have watched Barry. Yeah. I, I started know. watching Barry and I stopped. Oh. It's classic, classic house cat. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Can you explain why you stopped? Um, I just stopped. I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. So I consider. There wasn't anything in particular. Oh, okay. I consider Barry to be possibly the best show on TV. You like, say that about every show you watch. No, I don't think so. Barry is... Let's put some drops in here. <laughs> maybe. Barry's in that upper echelon of, of, of top TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love it. I, like Rewatching the last two seasons is just mind-blowing how good that show is. Bill Hader is, such a, is so underrated as an actor, not just as a comedian, but just as a straight-up actor. Like he, His range is amazing. Um, so... We were looking for something else to watch, and I was like, I've heard Big Little Lies is good. It's an HBO show. Yeah, it's just, it was just the one season, right? No, there's two seasons. Is there two seasons? Meryl Streep is in the second oh, season. Oh, that's right. I watched. I did watch the second yeah. season. Yeah. Pretty enjoyable. Yeah. It's a pretty enjoyable I mean, show. it's kind of like trashy in a way, but it's fun. It's good. It is very trashy. It's like in, a, in like a, uh, I don't know, a... a I don't know, like a murder mystery meets Harlequin romance yeah. type thing. Like, it's it's fun. It's a totally fun show. I mean, uh, I have... Uh, Good cast, for sure. Yeah, like, who's who's all in the first season, Dustin? Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, um, uh, shit, Laura Dern. So, like, I don't know. It's Adam all, Scott. Oh, yeah, Adam Scott, of course, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's all solid people. Uh, uh, oh, I, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Reese Witherspoon, actually. She's great on that show. She's great on that show, and I think that she's kind of this person who, um, I, I don't think in our circles necessarily has a gigantic following, 
mm-hmm. but she has created this like almost like white Oprah following outside <laughs> of like what we know. Like she has a book club. I was right, in right. I was in an Indigo. Um, oh, and there's like Reese's picks. There's Reese's or some picks. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> Reese's pieces. And and like Reese's I think that she kind pieces. of has her own thing going on. Okay. And I I mean the, it's, not, it's not stuff that I'm really aware of. But no, yeah. it's not something that. That necessarily it's for us, but you're not a white lady. <laughs> you're not coo coo what goop goop. You're not a gooper. You're I, not, I don't know what's a goop goopy. You're, you're not adding lemon to your alkaline water. Uh, not yet. Do you know what that means? <laughs> no. You're not. You're not eating coal or whatever. Yeah, they roll coal in their in their bellies. In their bellies, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it's co- I, uh, coffee enemas or Jesus. Uh, um, Zoe Kravitz is in it as well. Um, it's it's really good. I, it's a fu- it's a super fun show. Oh yeah, who's the younger actress as well? That's on Shailene that? Woodley. Shailene Woodley, that's right. Yeah, she's yeah. good in there too. Yeah. Everybody's good. I I totally enjoyed it. It's worth a watch. I thought the second season got a little preposterous at times, but it still was enjoyable. To watch. I've heard that, but. I don't know. This is going to be stupid white people arguing, <laughs> arguing about, about TV shows. Ar- arguing about white people TV shows. Instead, let's have stupid white people talk about a Korean movie. Yeah. yeah. Let's Good transition segue. To that. <laughs> let's segue into our uh, uh, our movie, Deliver Us from Evil. All right. Well, I want to thank Samuel. He's a he's a Patreon. He's out there. I want to say, I want to take an aside specifically for Samuel because this guy has wrote us the most awesome emails. And just said uh, how much he enjoys our our podcast. Appreciates our opinion, not Dustin's. Right. Yeah. Well, that's and that that's, that's is. Fair. I think he specifically said tough but fair. That Dustin can take his nostalgia and shove it. <laughs> you know what? I don't remember that, but I want to. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm gonna I'm back paraphrasing. James Samuel. You're you know you're kissed from you're you're kissed by the Lord. Wow, you're a you're kissed by the Lord. You're you're an angel. <laughs> I didn't you're know, an I've angel. never heard that turn of phrase. <laughs> kissed by the Lord. What yeah. is that? What is I, that? I made it up. You should have made some kissy sounds. It's right <laughs> <laughs> a little peck this on the cheek. One peck on the cheek. Uh, the Lord is not comfortable with his sexuality. He doesn't want to get too intimate. All right, but Samuel, thank you so much. <laughs> you you picked this movie. Uh, it's 2020s. Uh, Deliver Us from Evil. It's, this is a Korean film. Uh, I'll, I'll read the synopsis here uh, from IMDb. Uh, an assassin goes to Thailand in order to solve a kidnapping case linked to him and finds himself chased by a man whose sibling he killed. That fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a terrible description of what this movie is. It is so much more violent and emotional than that. Would you not agree, James? Oh, yeah. I mean... This movie is intense from the beginning. Well, pretty much from the beginning, from the get-go. And uh, I feel like the soundtrack for this movie really sets the tone. Like, it's always that intense music. I mean, uh, up and down of emotions, really. (laughs) I mean, you go from the glee of gore. Right. (laughs) The glee of gore. (laughs) The glee of gore. To the like heart wrenching parts with that little girl 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the daughter. Yeah, pretty I much. Mean, the, the 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 story of this movie follows uh, two characters um, uh, in Nam, performed by uh, Jung Min Wong, and Ray, uh, performed by uh, Jung Jae Lee. Uh, it's pretty much it's they are in a a battle of revenge. Um, one is uh, uh, in men. Uh, Jung Jung Min ha- Wang, sorry, is. Uh, trying to save his daughter. That yeah, he sort of a taken, a bit of a taken a situation. A bit of a taken situation, whereas Ray, um, uh, uh, Jung Jae Lee, is trying to avenge the murder of his uh, adoptive brother who was killed by Inman, Innam. Yeah, yes. so Ray yeah. is the butcher, they call him. Ray is the butcher. He's a wild man. He's crazy. Yeah, so the setup is a little bit convoluted at, at first, but like, so... Um, Innam was a former like sort of secret agent for this for South Korea. We find out they kind of like disbanded his arm or whatever that he worked for, but now he's doing sort of freelance. Well, they didn't just, assassination they didn't stuff. just disband his arm. They were gonna they sent people to kill. They him. sent people to kill him. Right? And Is that Korea or that's in, in Korea? It's in South Korea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So everything that happens with uh, the main characters happens in Korea originally. And they go to Thailand. Yeah, well, he goes to Japan to kill Ray's brother. Oh, then, that's right. Then the rest of the movie takes place in Thailand. In Thailand. Yeah. But Which, this is supposed to be his last mission. It's supposed to be his get out of... Like, yeah, this and, is it. and this then is, he's going to Panama. Right, yeah, except for what class, happened. A classic sort of uh, setup of like, this is the last job and then I'm out kind of thing. Yeah. But what they do is the people who put this in motion set him up to kill somebody where it's going to have repercussions. Like it's a domino effect. Yeah. So like they didn't, apparently they didn't know that. I don't know how they wouldn't know that, but apparently he was, no, they knew. They, he well, admits- he tells them like, Oh, we didn't know that because he was gone for a long time and they didn't have any contact with each other for oh, a long period of time. I read that they, they, they knew this was going to happen. Um, they knew that the, that, that Ray was going to come after him. That's why he was offered the second job. So, um, oh, okay. Well, so what happens he is said he has a line that guy yo, that's like his sort of handler guy. Well, in them, so in them, the main character mm-hmm. is offered the job, he completes the job, and then he's offered a second job. And he's like, You really want to do this second job? And then he's like, I'm done. And then before his handler is killed, mm-hmm. he says, This is why I offered you the second job. Oh, because it was because Ray to, was going to come out after Ray. you. And that's that was it. Like he he says like this that lat that second last job was gonna be Ray. Right. Which but that guy is like a force of nature. This Ray character. He's like he's a pretty cool bad guy. Like, yeah. Well, he's great because he's like the personification of like what would be in um I think in Western movies like a force of evil or or whatever you want to call it. Like he's just the embodiment of like this force that is moving forward and will not stop right he's like yeah he's implacable he can't you can't stop him he's like and he's like um he's not just like crazy he's also incredibly skilled at killing people as mm-hmm. we find out as the movie progresses uh and, and his thing is he likes gutting people yeah he likes to gut people that's why they call him the butcher right yeah um well and they even have a story about his father and what his father had to flee uh, Korea when the civil war happened and his father ended up in Japan as a butcher 
as an alcoholic, an actual butcher, right? And yeah. I, I, he was a, he was an alcoholic, and he would beat the kids, his his children, and stuff like that. And then he became the butcher because he just learned. Yeah, from but his he father. he looks fucking cool. Like he's yeah. got the sunglasses, he's got the neck tattoos. Yeah, totally. The, the white, the long white jacket that he wears for part he, of the movie. He definitely stuff. has a unique look that makes him look so badass and like even even at the beginning when he's trying to chase in nam down he comes across like this gang and they kind of are like oh you made a mistake and they underestimate him and he ends up killing oh, when he, yeah when he first goes to thailand yeah. and he's trying to track them and then they're like oh yeah we have the girl in here and he yeah. goes into this little garage Man, that scene—that's a pretty crazy scene because we get—we get an idea of how truly badass that guy is. He kills like six, seven, eight guys by himself. Yeah. But all I could think while I was watching was like, God, do you know how hot it is in Thailand? He's in this like sweaty, closed-in garage, having to like but then, exert all his energy to kill. But, yeah. Then he gets the ice, and he's uh, covered in blood, and he's yeah. like drenching that, himself. That scene. So he's, yeah. After he kills all those guys, and then he walks out, and he sees uh, his. The guy who led him there, pretty yeah. much. Waiting he's like, outside. Oh, he's pretty much like, oh, fuck. And he goes back in, and he's just dosing himself in ice and washing all of the blood away. And he's, like, chewing on the ice and spitting it yeah, out. he's chewing on it. It was, that was, like, one of the most badass fucking scenes I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, that was a really well done uh, scene, for sure. I think... Uh, you know, while I was watching the movie, I kept kind of comparing it to some other movies. Like, it definitely has a taken thing. But like you're saying, James, it's a lot more brutal. Like, it's just a lot more hard-edged than something like Taken. Yeah. It doesn't, like, kind of try to soften any of the blows around this whole, like, the child endangerment stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. Um, you know, we find out the, the little girl that was his daughter that he didn't know about. She's abducted uh, by the babysitter. Who yeah. sells them to this group in Thailand who have these like caged rooms Which is full like of children run by is it Chapo? Yeah. Well the entire yeah. gangster. So, so Chapo runs that entire section of the city. Yeah. Right. So like, he's like a drug dealer primarily, but this is one of his this side, is like a side businesses. Business. So yeah. what I got from that was is that like he has nothing to do with the actual day to days of that. Oh yeah. But it's a it's a stream of money. Right. right. And yeah. you fuck with the stream of money. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much what they're doing is they're abducting children and they're selling their organs. Yeah, and then it was like, you know, we find out that um, Japanese and Korean children fetch a higher price because people come over and that need surgeries done and they, like, get organ transplants from these kids and stuff. It's, like, pretty fucked up, really. It's pretty fucked up. Well, and I think that what happens is that you see in, in this movie is, is that... Uh, the Korean films, like what what, what I, I'm going to call Asian Asian films, often take these things way more seriously. Well, it's way and, more like realistic and go way darker. Yeah, they're like, oh no, like this dad is not here to save his daughter and then have a life afterwards. Like you're like, oh no, he's like going to save his daughter at any cost, and he's probably going to die. Yeah, well, see, I wasn't sure if he would, you know, we're skipping ahead to the, you know, sort of the end there, but um, I wasn't sure if he would die or not. I, you know, he is, he's also a very badass character, but we do get the impression that Ray 
is too much for anybody to handle. Like he's not going to survive this. You, you kind of get that impending doom as, as the movie goes on. Like there's no way he's going to like find a way out of this sort yeah, of thing. I would say there's a, whereas taken, it'd be like, Oh, Liam Neeson, happy end of the yeah, day. Of he's, he lives. He's, there's a bleakness to these films um, where they're willing to kill off their main characters. Like they don't give a, f- yeah, there's they no sequel. They do not give yeah, a, yeah. exactly. They yeah. don't give a fuck about a sequel. They're like, we're making this movie right now. Yeah, and this is what's going to happen in this movie, and people are going to die. Yeah, and it's a different. What's a different market too, right? So, uh, Can you I know, say different that I con- different con- <laughs> different concerns than than the Western movie market, perhaps in terms of when you're producing a movie, what you expect from it, and what you want it to do. Um, and maybe it's a more freeing sort of thing where you're not you're not restrained by needing to be like, well, what if we do do a sequel? Well, <laughs> and so like I, I watch this movie and I'm like, OK, so what if John Wick died in the first one? <laughs> right. Right. Like that's kind of where like this guy's an assassin. He goes through like so many people and mm-hmm. doesn't really get hurt at all until he goes against Ray. And then he starts getting hurt. He starts taking some injuries he, to, closer to the end. Like he, he gets in end. that staircase staircase battle. He gets, yeah, he gets stabbed he gets stabbed. multiple times. Yeah, yeah. But John Wick did too. That's true. Yeah. You know, he would get beat up and stabbed, but at the end, he still, he's still he's still fine. I mean, he falls <laughs> off a building and he's still <laughs> right alive. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and then, and there was some John Wickiness to this too, actually, especially because I, what I found was like at the beginning, there wasn't too much action. And as the movie goes, the action gets bigger and better. Yeah. Which is cool because you don't blow your wad too early, but I do think they, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think they could have. Oh, that's so Dustin didn't come in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I got to get, blow a, your you gotta get a come reference in you there. You got to edge. Uh, uh, you got to edge through the first forty-five minutes <laughs> till things start opening up. Uh, I think I Wait, do think Dustin, though. What was the time where? Yeah, you when did you when did you actually <laughs> blow your wad? You well, hold on, freak. I got it in my notes here. Uh, it, I think they could have been well served to have a bigger action set piece near the beginning of the movie, just to get you hooked in faster. Because for a little while, I was like, oh, okay, this is all right. It's um, the it's the setup, though. You have the action at the beginning where he goes into that house in Japan and he kills yeah, all but those it, people. But you don't really get a cool no, sequence there. You don't. But then you get like the storyline, the setup of the kidnapping. You're kind of trying to figure out where this ties yeah, in how does that relationship yeah, right. wise. What's the connection? And then you get like these little fights along the way yeah there's some little like kind of sparse moments right like there's like he's in the elevator with the woman that he had the kid with as soon as i saw the elevator (laughs) i was like fuck yeah elevator scene love it any kind of close quarters fight elevator scene was dope but uh to touch on what you were saying dustin i think that i felt the same way to a certain extent but it's more of like a growing thing for me to just be like okay i'm not looking at this as a North American mm-hmm. uh, action film, like where it's that big set piece and then time, 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 time growing into like something else. Whereas like for, for this movie, it, the Korean film, it just kind of, kind of slowly builds. Yeah. It has like an ascending trajectory. Sort and of. what I feel like is that the, the Korean films, the, the more of the, like that, like, like Southeast, uh, sort of whatever Asian 
kind of thing is is more of a I don't know they they they, they do things differently like they For sure. their, their structure is different their, their storytelling is different and kind of just like vibing with what they were doing mm-hmm. um and in the end it like all really culminates in it gets big by the end by like, the end yeah. like oh, we'll get to some pretty crazy scenes at the end of the film mm-hmm. but like it it does really really build um and what you really do get set up with is this idea that like things are not going to be okay yeah like yeah like you, like you're saying there's definitely like a, a feeling of impending doom through the through the movie because it doesn't seem possible to get out of the situation but you know like we were saying like in a western movie they always somehow find a way to well, survive yeah. the day but right? i feel like the asian movies are more aligned with like you are i don't want to use the word sin because i don't think that's the, the proper word but it's like you it, it is like a you're being fed back what you put into the world you know what i mean like that's all going to catch up with you at Live by the sword, die by the sword. At some point, like it's all going to catch up with you. Like you can only do so much like evil before eventually you have to have this like moment that like changes you. Like you do something good, but you're not necessarily going to survive it. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of love, I love that. I love that thing where it's like, yeah, like you have redemption in the end by your actions not by your beliefs, but by the fact that you've actually been truly changed and you're doing something good, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think you're on to something with respect to how the movie moves along, being that it's a Korean film versus a North American. Like, I went in this movie just being like, okay, you know, it's a foreign film. I'm not going to expect the same things I would expect from a North American film. Mm-hmm. So I was more open and willing to go with the like slow build. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like I enjoyed the storyline and the intense and the, the uh, realistic aspects of it with the kidnapping and the organ donor and all that stuff. Not really donor. They're just taking it. But um, <laughs> no, she, I'm pretty sure she wanted to just yeah, give, yeah. Up that heart. give up her heart. Uh, give up her heart. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was more willing to like not be like the pacing is so slow. I was more oh, willing, that's interesting. willing to be like, oh, okay, like where are they going with this? And I truly believe that that is a part of the sensibility of um, Asian films compared to Western films, which is that like there there's a different sense of justice. Like there's a different sense of like a balance between like what's good and what's bad and how they play those emotions out and they play those actions out well and it's also because like you know any foreign film that we've watched like even like um the night comes for us or um the like raid the raid right there's some of that there's a little bit of that there, in here there, too. there is a little bit of that uh especially in the stairwell mm-hmm. and stuff um but it's you don't know what's gonna happen a North American movie, you know Liam Neeson's yeah. going to survive right. at the end. Right. You 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 right. you don't know. You're unsettled because it could go any way. It, it can go any way. They actually they what they could have done is they actually could have had uh, the main character die in um, they could have had him actually die. So you could have actually had um in um I don't want to say 
I hate saying these names because I don't want to say them improperly. Um, he could have he could have died, and Yu Yi, who is like a transgender character that's introduced. Now mm-hmm. I really want to talk about the way they use transgender characters in this film. Um, you could have actually had her kill Ray in the end. I would have believed that as well. That's a very North American way of looking at it. I mean, I think at the way. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're you're in an in an American movie. In a North in a, in a North American way, right? It could it, it really could have been. Inam died, uh, and Ray survived, and then he ends up coming in, and there's like that thick that thing in like Scream Two, right? Where like Timothy Oliphant like stands up, and like he's he's not dead. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. But like they don't do that. Like if they actually just let the story play out. And they they allow Inam to have his like noble death, and they allow his daughter and this this other person to like just like go and do this other thing. And that's not what you would see in a mm-hmm. in like a, like what James is saying in in like a taken. And I think they did that in a smart way because we have the scene where Inam promises his daughter like. Oh, I'm not. I'm never gonna leave you again, except for uh, I'm gonna leave you for ten minutes. Yeah, for right now I'm gonna leave you for ten minutes. But he's like, but you know, like I'll always be with you. And so then it, it at least creates the question in your mind. You're like, oh, so maybe he will survive this because he's making this pledge. And you want to see that? You know, you want to see. Of course, you want to see him survive and like oh, yeah, be able yeah. to but take what her. What I want to say from that point is, is that that also, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, is that he doesn't actually leave her in what we would consider to be like, I'm leaving you like it is in like, I'm not going to see you again. Like his, his imprint is on her from now on. Like he's chosen a new caregiver for her. He has money for her. Like he's giving her another life. Right. And he's also doing what's necessary for her to live. Yeah. But, and like, um, and, and, and he's like doing this other thing. Like, so it's just a different way of looking at, I think film and characters that I was watching it and I was just like, oh, okay. I'm having these different feelings, these different thoughts mm-hmm. that I would have for like, like James has taken. Taken is incredibly straightforward. You took my daughter. I have a specific set of skills. I'm going to find you. Yeah. I mean, this adds the element of uh, not only the, the UE character, but having somebody that's also hunting him while he's trying to do this taken type mission is a whole other level of, of uh, intensity that's being added to things. Right. Cause it's not just him going in killing people and getting her back. Although there is that it's also, right. he's being hunted and pursued by this relentless, uh, you know, crazy killer person. The entire yeah, time. He's, he, there is an unstoppable force that is coming for him. And I think that is like, I mean, I'm not going to put my, well, it's not true. I am going to put myself in. This is what we do. We're going to put ourselves in the the seat of the the filmmakers, the writers. Like that is the story. Like that is like the Shakespearean thing, where it's like you have this sympathetic character, you have this unstoppable force that's coming for him, and then you have this like life that he didn't know about. How is he going to deal with that? Yeah. And what's he going to do? With those few days he has to set that person up for something. Well, it's his mistake of instead of leaving immediately and leaving the past behind, 
he goes into his past, which then he has to pay the consequence. Right, which is which is past. a classic right. trope in these kind of movies, these yeah. kind of stories. Um, so it's not like it's you know completely different from movies no. we've seen before. It just has its own twists on things. No, it's yeah. not, it's not incredibly original. It's just that it does things differently than the what we're used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the things where I lose a little bit of st- it loses a little bit of steam for me, uh, falls down just a little bit. Uh, is I would have liked a couple more establishing moments, early scenes with Imnam, just to feel get a more of a sense of who he was because he is so quiet through the movie. Yeah. Like he, he he does a great job, the actor of portraying emotion through his face and without having to say a lot. But I do think a couple little moments earlier on that would have, um, even if he had a scene where we saw him with, um, you know, the girlfriend that ended up having the kid Mm -hmm. just to get a more, a little more of a sense of who this guy is. I think that would have made the later stuff a little more impactful for me because it, it uses the, the child endangerment stuff to spark your emotion, which is, which is fine. Yeah. um, It's just that I wanted to get a, greater sense of like who this who is this guy like what is he you know all about other than just like okay he was a killer he's been doing these killing jobs for hire now he's he finds out he has a daughter okay i just i just felt like i needed a little bit more there well there's a little bit more there where because he isn't a killer for hire originally not originally originally he is just that's just what he's doing when we start yeah originally he's an operative right he has a Mm. uh, a government that he's working for and um you have to assume that people who do this they're doing something for the greater good yeah well even the people we see him killing like he kills ray's brother early on we get an explanation that this guy is like a really bad guy. We see him in, we see a, a quick scene with this guy and he's got like, I think he has not children, but he has like a bunch of women. Oh, no, There's he, an implication that he like, he, uh, hurts, kills he kills women, he kills women. Right. Yeah. So it's, so he's, maybe he's doing a sort of dexter type job where well, he's, he's not, he got hired to do that. Yes. But he's doing it. Like he's taking out people who well, are what he, what, what scum, is, right? Is that it, it seems to be that like, he is a personification of a person who's who who's doing secret service work or co- like police work or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, for the good of the country, and then the country turns on him, and he yeah, realizes. I mean, putting that, aside any complications with governments uh, and all yeah, that absolutely. shit and what they like, want you to do, we're looking at this like through a very small light, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was just an operative, and then he was doing whatever. Um, he's doing wet work. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, just killing he's people a, he's for a, hire or whatever. He's supposed to be a a good guy doing bad things, and then yeah, the people turn against him, and he leaves his. I get all that. Girlfriend. It's just that there's no, there's not a lot of personal moments with him before oh, no, we we sort of launch into the He's the, an absolutely dark character. I like mean, he, I don't really necessarily have to have a lot of moments. I'm not even saying a lot. I'm Dustin just saying I just want a little bit more so that so, you know, once we get to into the stuff with the daughter and everything, Dustin I have a, the, I just have a little bit more of a feeling of a connection there of like So the payoff I know I know who really this guy good. is. Dustin yeah. wants yeah. to have croak madame 
and eggs Benny with this guy, <laughs> figure him out. Just like want to sit down. Like how do you? What do you? Let's just do? have. Like, let's just have brunch. Let's, what let's, makes you tick? Yeah, let's just have a let's have a fun girl summer brunch. Um, we're gonna drink mojitos. Some, yeah, mojitos. Let's <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Uh, Sunday fun day? Yeah. I don't know. I just, that uh, maybe that's Monday. just me, but I'm just saying, I, I think a little of that yeah, would, no, would I, help me out. I, I get what you're saying. There's problems with the film. It's not perfect. But, but I, I do feel like the tone of the movie and there's enough there that moves you along and it gets more intense as the movie, like we were saying, you know, the building. Oh yeah, it yeah it builds, definitely right? builds and builds. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about when they go to where the children are being held. Yeah. And when Ray shows up and you get that moment where he kills the Ray kills those uh, like guards, the guards or whatever. Yeah. And then you get that shot in the hallway, which is a very, uh, the raid mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. Um, where he has like this uh, machete style knife. Right. And you get this shot where it like focuses in on the bloody machete and then focuses in on the knife. Yeah, there's it, like, there's actually a lot of cool camera work in the th- movie. There's there's some really cool camera work. And then you have that awesome fight. And then you have he ends up locking Ray in the hallway and closes that gate and he tries to cut him through yeah, the gate. Yeah, he stabs the machete through, but it's too yeah. wide to go through the I mean and it just shows you like he's he's like uh, an animal. He's, he's just like a wants shark to, or yeah, something, right? Yeah, he just wants to kill. Right? What I love about that scene is is that, but it's also mixed with the fact that um, like our main character is trying to kick his way out. Of yeah, he's trying to kick out the bars out of the window, and he's trying to but, kick in the cage door at the same time. But what they what the filmmakers allow is they allow that it takes him so many more turns to kick that that like grid out mm-hmm. than would happen in an American film. Right. Yeah. It'd be like three kicks, three kicks. <laughs> that thing's gone. Right. W- meanwhile, well, it'd be a one kick, but he's just saying? like, yeah, he's just relentless. Though. He's just like, ah, ah, ah. like he's just like a dog trying to get th- like gnaw through a fence or yeah. something. <laughs> well, and what we have is we have, and, and this is what this movie I think really establishes like beautifully is that we have two men who have two goals and both of those goals are to they they're gonna finish them, yeah. no matter what. Nothing is gonna prevent them from doing exactly what they're gonna do, mm-hmm. and they do it in different ways, and they have different like, I don't know you kind of like movie superpowers, yeah. But they're both gonna do them. I mean, even when Ray goes to uh, that gangster Chapo. And yeah, he meets he, with him. He comes in and yeah, he's with just the like, grenade. "Who's Chapo? I want to speak to Chapo." Well, it's very, it's very Jokerish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that stuff. I love it where when you're like, Ray oh, is fucking cool in this. Ray movie. Like, is he's awesome. a good villain. So speaking of Ray and how unstoppable he is, there's uh, two things I want to bring up. Um, one is Ray, and the way that I feel, um, let's call him Asian Asian cinema is willing to embrace characters that are completely different than the way that North Americans would embrace characters. Mm-hmm. Ray is like this like tattooed up 50 year old looking like to me, like he looks old. He looks a little bit older than 
you would think the character would be. And he's like, he's wearing zebra pinch print shirts. Yeah, the fashion kind of made me think of Full Contact when oh, we had that 100%. villain, the villain with the cool snake skin jacket yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and none of it is played. It, it's but it's all played for menace. It's just like this is a dude who's just like living his own thing. Mm-hmm. And North American films, I feel like, won't let you do that. Well, no, because imagine like Nicolas Cage wearing that. Nicolas Cage wouldn't play this character. <laughs> no, but like, but, you know what I mean? Like, well, actually, I don't know. He well, might. I think he, he could. would, but it would be played for a joke. Right. Whereas this is not played for a joke. No. Well, no, he wouldn't be doing it as a joke, but people would take it that yeah, way. Yeah. And I think that that's like crazy. Like, because what, what these, what, what Asian cinema, I think, does is it introduces characters in a way to North American audiences that subverts their expectations. Um, we have the transgender character. Mm-hmm. They don't make fun of that character at all. That yeah, character- well, there are some scenes, I mean, when she's at the police station they and there's that interpreter and he's laughing because they're telling, they're threatening how she's going to get raped but if they, she, she stays in the jail. But she has the power in that situation. She has the power because she speaks both languages. She's pretending right, to she's not pretending speak to not Thai. speak Thai, yeah. Uh, right? Like they they don't I don't know if I'd say she has the power, but she's not no, she's no, no, not no. without agency or anything like that. That's what I I think that's what I meant. She's right. not without agency. Even when she's in the jail cell, like she survives that scene, but they never disrespect her and make her to be less of a character or Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It, it just, it's just it's so very different. I feel, and after after watching tons of Asian films, I feel like they're more progressive than we are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting conversation, and I I don't feel like I know enough about all the different cultural ins and outs to really dive into it. But just from talking from our perspective, watching this stuff is interesting because. It's a Korean movie, and South Korea is a predominantly Christian country, so that's kind of interesting, and that's its own other whole weird thing. So you, there are some similar thematic things that we would see in a Western movie coming across, um, but this doesn't feel like in any way that it's that it's sort of held back by any kind of moralistic sort of no. But like that character is like when that character is introduced, it's like oh okay. Well, this is something that's different. Oh, at it's first, not, I wasn't sure how they were going to go. Like, yeah. I thought maybe they will make sort of make fun of this character. And but I instantly thought, oh, is this going to be like full contact where it's just in the movie? But right. They the, don't villain, actually... the villain of full contact was gay, but there's no real commentary on. No. That. What I so. liked about her is, is that they allowed her to um, time happened in the film. Right. So. They, right, the, the facial they, hair they started to grow her, in. Yeah, they introduce her, mm. and then she is very feminine. She's at a club, she's dancing. At a club, right? But then at, at, as time goes on, she does grow facial hair. Right, she had to spend the night in the, in the cell. Yeah, um, but she, as a character, is never kind of talked down to. Like, Yeah, well, like, the, like Imnam, uh, he's not looking... I don't think he's looking down. He doesn't give a fuck about... Uh, what? Yeah, I think he's only interested in, you know, what she can provide, which is to be a guide to him to find his daughter. And so he it, to him, it doesn't make a difference. at yeah, all. Yeah, he's like, he's you're going to find my daughter. Great. I'll pay for your sex change or whatever. You yeah, but then yeah. he also is like, hey, I want you to take care of her. 
Right. At the end, yeah. At the end, it's like, it's a big deal. Um, But also, I I just don't feel like they, I I feel like they show an actual transgender character in this phase of their life. Somewhat honestly, I think for an action movie, I don't know. Transgender people, if you're out there, please let us know. Um, But they don't speak down to that character. And I was like super stoked about that. It's an interesting choice because I feel like if somebody tried to do this in a North American action film, it would be like a big deal because people would be like, oh, they're just, they're trying to do this or they're just oh, trying you'd have to, all kinds of stuff. you'd have all sorts of stuff. But, you'd be like, oh, they're going to push their agenda on us. Honestly, <laughs> like I watched this and it's just like, no, that's just. That's reality. Just, that's just reality. That's just, that's just part of life. That's just part of life. But, and, and, you know, Thailand also, I think, you know, has a huge sort of scene, a transgender scene that happening there. But, so none of this is talked about in a way that's like, oh, by the way, this is stuff that happens here. It's just like, it just is. And it's part of the movie. It's part of the fabric of the movie. And this kind of transcends, like, for a lot of the Asian action movies we've watched, where there is a character who is transgender or has autism or is um, like has a, something else like, you know, down syndrome. Like this happens quite often in Asian cinema. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know I, I, I don't remember like, like, uh, Oh, what's the one? What's the fucking elephant movie? Uh, Ong Bak. <laughs> it's Ong Bak. Like, there's a, I think, elephant movie? I think there's a person with down syndrome in that movie. Like we've watched a lot of Asian cinema where there's like, like people with different identities, right? right. Different different um, types of people, and they seem to being represented. Yeah, and they seem to deal with it so much different than what what we do. In North yeah, America. I mean, it's not like a North American commercial where you have to have like a white person, an Asian, a black, and you know, like maybe. Well, it feels like. Um, some of those decisions are made by committee or to meet certain standards or instead of just being organic about it or, you know, cause that's, I think that is a thing. Like if they were like, Oh, we're going to put this transgender character in this American movie, then they would be like, look at how good we're being by having, yeah. <laughs> instead yeah, of just it being wouldn't like, be organic it, at all. Right. I don't know. It just always seems like whenever we watch an Asian cinema film, it just has a character that is just, outside of what we would consider to be like right they're from norm- a, a, a different a minority group and or whatever and i really respect that and i feel like they always treat those characters with a ton of respect yeah we've and, i mean at least what we from what we've seen we've had some pretty good representations in yeah. that regard and that's just a, an aside i just wanted to bring that up because I thought, I thought that was pretty cool and then i loved the ending when like they get yeah to, so i mean that's a big deal right like fast forwarding again through some of the big action set pieces at the end of the movie. But when we find out that Imnam basically has to sacrifice himself in order for them to get away, but he's like, I need you to take her and take my daughter. And like, that's a big deal to give the responsibility over. Right. There's that moment earlier in the movie when they're having a drink somewhere and she says, Oh yeah, I have a kid too. And shows a picture and he's like, well, what the fuck are you doing here? If your kid's back in Korea, and she's like, well, I don't think you're in any position to judge me. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, and <laughs> like, she also is like, what do you want me to do? Go there and then the, the kid's going to like scream and mess. Right, right. Like, I mean, that's a whole complicated thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of 
a lot of stuff under the surface happening in the movie too, which is which is cool. Yeah, and I just want to say that I I really respect this film for showing people of different identities. Uh, it's not that common. So I do really like at the end when he's trying to track her down and he tracks her down to that soccer factory and then sees her in the window, but then they transport her in the van and then he's trying to find the van, chase the van, and then those corrupt cops like come into play, but then so does Ray. Mm-hmm. Ray shows up and uses like and then, a fucking one man war machine. Yeah, Ray fucking takes on the SWAT team. Yeah. Like, yeah, that part is that's where things really start to go crazy. Yeah, like they go insane. Uh, you get a huge shootout there, and uh, he's throwing grenades and blowing cars up and all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, and even uh, Imnam when he's like he's driving forward, and then Ray pops out on that little like rickshaw. Yeah, and starts like just shooting like he fires a shotgun into the windshield, and I'm like, oh, this is like a total John Woo sort of. Uh, moment all of a sudden like the glass is exploding we're seeing inside the car all the damage when the glass explodes in that one when uh, in the car yeah i know what you're talking about about? yeah the scene where he jumps it's right after this he jumps not right after but it's in this scene where he jumps and goes through Oh shit! When he fucking flies through yeah, that yeah. windshield, he, he jumps through the windshield. That is that's crazy. Right into the back of the other car, like a, that, through the car. Yeah, that scene is fucking awesome. That's fucking crazy. That is like yeah. up that, that, that projected itself up into my top most amazing like single scene shots. He, but this and this that's what I'm saying. This part is like. I totally was getting John Woo vibes. The part where he's fighting in the staircase, you're getting like raid vibes. Like, yeah, so it totally. kind of it kind of yeah. jumps around with different styles. And then there's yeah. the part where like Ray is just shooting everybody in the head, and that was like John Wick kind of style, where he's yeah. coming in and just shooting each person in the in the head. Or yeah, I I don't know. I loved all that stuff. Like, I loved how they like, just blended those genres, like very John Woo. But when he blasts through that thing, that was very Ong back to me. Oh, I know what you mean. Where, yeah. yeah, where he like jumps through and he's just like kind of goes into a cannonball. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what it is. It's like, oh, shit. Because Ong Bak, he, there's one scene where he like runs on a bunch of guys' shoulders. He like jumps through When he jumps wire. through that glass. Yeah, he's yeah. always jumping through like little narrow gaps. And we watch Ong Bak again? We yeah. do. We have to watch it again because we got to re-record it. Man, that movie fucking rules. Um... But I do like when he finally goes to get the girl and he goes into the room where the doctors are and he just shoots, he just shoots, he just shoots, he just shoots them all, which is so perfect. There's no hesitation. There's yeah. no like, yeah, no, please begging for their lives no, or anything. It's just, it's just like, like, bam, bam, bam. Like, bam. I love that. I thought yeah. that was so good. That is not what would happen in a Western film. That was just like, no, I'm coming in. I'm saving her. Guns blazing. There's nothing. Yeah. Like there's no... Begging for your life. There's mm-hmm. no opportunity. This is just like, you've made your decision. That is like the visceral punch you want, right? From yeah. that moment. And that's what I want. But it's so, like, so what's the A story and what's the B story? Because I almost feel like, is the main story Ray trying to get vengeance and they're fighting? Or is the main story him trying to get the girl? Because it's almost like all the stuff with the, the kids and um, the organs and all that stuff... That's almost like a 
they try and pull on your heartstring a little bit, but mm. then it's just like that's just life. So I was that's they, just how it I is. Mean, that stuff kind of falls by the wayside to some extent. I mean, once they've had that sort of showdown in that building it does show the cops come in and they're like removing the children and they're like oh we got to be on the lookout for this guy uh that, you know shoot to kill if you see him because they think he's somehow involved well we they're see, like chapo's uh, not going to be chapo and yeah right and we see him in the car and he's just like kill everyone or whatever that's involved yeah i would uh, say the a story is him getting his daughter back yeah i think so and the b story is him trying to stave ray off trying to yeah, kill ray him. trying to kill him what I would say is that it it this movie does subvert your expectations multiple times because you do think like oh he's gonna overcome this like um, well they're bringing in the Chapo stuff and I'm thinking oh like that's gonna be a whole other thing he has to deal with right there's the dirty cops there's Chapo's gangsters and I mean to some extent there is that dirty but, cops really have no play in there's this very movie. there's like a very small so, little it's so like. They are gnats that right. are just being like like. There's two like warrior gods that they're kind of like trying to contain somehow, and, and it's no <laughs> one is stopping them. Yeah. Like they are on a collision course, and nothing is going to prevent them from fulfilling what they're wh- like. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and they both like. I, I, I think that's what's kind of awesome about in them, where it's like he has this life. And he has his life that he had. He has his life that was kind of taken from him. And he was like the government fucked right. him over. Yeah. And he's like this incredibly tragic figure, right? Whereas Ray is just a straight up Yeah, he's the shark from Jaws. <laughs> yeah. He is he is coming for you. He yeah. is an immove like like uh, yeah, like he, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he ends up kind of winning. But in the end, he loses. Well, he dies, right? Like we have that scene earlier when they've captured him on, and it's like uh, he's he begs for the daughter's life, and he's like, "Just please, like whatever you do, just please let her go." You know, she has nothing to do with this. Oh, in them, yeah. And then Ray is just like, "This is the thing that I live for: is the moment when the person I'm about to kill begs me to and tells me." we don't need to take things this far. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, truly like, okay, this guy's full blown. This guy's yeah. evil psycho. Like there's no redeeming factor to him at all. Like, so why doesn't he kill him there? He says he changes his mind. He, he wants to take him to the place where he's going to butcher him. Cause he's, he's going to do his butchering stuff where he like guts them with a knife. And, but isn't that why it's all set up? Like he has all the plastic down and, yeah, he had the plastic down, but he says he changed his mind. He kills he kills all the guys there that were like I think Chapo's guys. Yeah, they're all Chapo. He's he, like, and he tells the other guys, "Here, here's double the money. Take him to the, take him to the operation room, and I'm gonna come and like chop him up there." I think he he makes that choice because he's like, I'm not doing this on anyone else's terms. I actually think he wanted to make him suffer, and he was gonna kill the girl. I think he was gonna kill the girl too. first. Yeah. And make him watch him. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're probably right. Because he's fucking That is the impression crazy. I get, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, what these movies do is they add a little touch of what I would say Western horror. Into- There's just more menace to what is yeah. happening, right? Like we, we Western films just don't put this much evil into things. 
But like, it's but it's even like I mean the, sometimes it depends. It does, like, but James but and I in general, a, an action movie like this wouldn't go to this level. No, but the three of us have talked about how we would make right movies, and we would do this stuff. You see depictions like this in other films. Like if you take something like No Country for Old Men, and you think about a character that like Anton Shikor, does not fucking count. That, that doesn't count because it's not an action film. So if it was a taken. They're not going to go to this level, no, right? No, but no, We have talked about what we would do for an action film. And we would literally kill the children. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, Jesus. I mean, what, what I mean yeah, is that, I mean, that, always that, kill the children. I don't thing about killing children. I don't, it's kind of a worrisome. What I mean is that we would push things to the ultimate limit if we were going to do something where it actually falls more and the more I'm watching these things the more we're talking about What you're about saying them. is you would take things to the level of like reality of an yeah of, of, of like, reality which feels extreme because other movies won't go that won't far. Go that yeah, far. and I, I feel like if we were ever to make an action movie like this no one would ever see it cuz <laughs> it would be <laughs> we would do this is what we would do like probably not as gracefully as this film did cuz we're not good filmmakers. But like, in but, the sense of like, we would push things to uncomfortable levels. Yeah, I mean, it does a very good job. It 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 kind of has that horror feel, like the night comes for us style, where yeah. it's just relentless. It's like, it's hand to hand combat. Isn't I wouldn't say uh, isn't as well choreographed no, or as intense no, no. as in that movie. Well, no, I thought no. about I thought a lot about the night comes for us while watching this. And it does feel like a like a like a watered down version of that. Yeah, in it the has sense of it like, has the intensity of it, but it doesn't have the brutal like level of gore. That no, it. But this is a much more cl- a crowd pleasing, but not for so? North, not for North America. <laughs> right. Not for like, that, that's the thing. I don't know if like, crowd pleasing is quite the way I would, you know. I I, I, I mean I, I was pleased. <laughs> I really like this movie a lot, and I think a lot of it comes from how they treated the main character, like how they treated the villain. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think great performances from both of those guys. Everybody, I mean, everybody movie, in the movie does really well. It yeah. does really well. There's no, nobody like stands out as being like lacking. For um, sure. It's just that it's so unconventional. Those two though, I think definitely stand out like, I don't know. They're just very, oh. very strong. And you need them to be in this movie because of the way that the movie's constructed. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really good. I, this is one of those fun times where while we're talking about the movie, uh, you guys are convincing me that I need my score needed to go up, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it is nice. Yeah. Because I liked the movie. I had, I do, I do have a few problems with it, but yeah, definitely during the conversation, it's like, you know what? This is better than I rated it as. So I had, I did have to bump a couple numbers up. It's a, I, a movie I've never seen before. never heard of. I mean, like, yeah, I hadn't heard of this at all. So. Yeah, like, so sh- good call, Sam. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Sam for bringing this to our attention. Always nice too when uh, the the patrons can introduce us to something like <laughs> Ricky O. We had uh, was a great introduction to oh, us. Oh, it's and- been amazing. Like, like people telling us like what to watch. Yeah, you know, like, Wes, you have to up your game, man. <laughs> uh, hey, I like Conan the Barbarian. Okay, <laughs> right. But like, uh, but yeah, like wow. Like this movie kind of stunned me. Like it's 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 a nice surprise. Really it's good. a nice surprise. When you haven't, it's... you've never heard of it, so you don't know what you're gonna get. And it could have been some piece of shit, right? And it was not. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was, was definitely it? good. Yeah. Should we rate this? 
Let's rate this thing. Dustin. Yeah. So overall score or reaction was a seven, and my overall score ends up being a six point four. Yeah, mine's the same. Uh, reaction seven, overall six point four. Uh, my reaction is an eight, and my overall score is a seven. So that gives the overall score a six point six, which means it's tied. <laughs> it's not tied. It's not tied with anything. Nope. It's going to be our new 66 between Dread and Bloodsport. So yeah, so it's behind the behind Dread before Bloodsport. No, it's not a bad uh, not a bad company to be in there. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I almost feel like it should be ahead of these, but whatever. In some way, I feel like it should be ahead of Dread and behind Bloodsport. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? You remember what I said at the beginning where Sam said, take your nostalgia and shove it? Yeah. Can't do that, Sam. Can't do it. Anyways, that's so new number 66. All right, do your spiel. What I want to do is I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Please check us out on Instagram, on uh, wherever you get your podcast. Please tell a friend. Action Action Podcast. And we'll see you next week.